This is the Bad Batch podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 8, Reunion. Look at you all, scavenging like rats. How pathetic. Why come after us? You're traitors. Crosshair, wake up. You're being controlled by an inhibitor chip. He's telling the truth. The Kaminoans put chips in all the clones. Remember what I told you in the brig? You can't help it. Aim for the kid. Welcome back, fellow troopers, to our discussions about Star Wars The Bad Batch on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about Episode 8, Reunion. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow troopers. Welcome to this episode of Bad Batch. I am one of your hosts, John. And rounding out this very small reunion, I am Chris. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been long. This is our second episode of the week after our uh, discussions about Loki Episode 2, uh, also over on Disney+. Plus. And our second opportunity to say, happy birthday, Mr. Chris Jones. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> I am whoop, whooping myself. Whoop, whoop. You, you shouldn't be doing that, dude. Uh, you shouldn't be doing that. But happy birthday. Uh, it was your birthday this week. Um, it was. Hope you had a really good time. I, thank you very much. I am the sly, the the you know, ripe old age of 92. Um, <laughs> it's getting older as the podcast. It is. <laughs> so basically, I keep slipping through time vortexes. See, this is me getting older. I, I mm-hmm. learned the I learned the ability to speak. Excellent, Chris. Yeah. Yes, this is oh, going to be a, a, an amazing podcast for yes. you as you get worse yes. and worse as the week goes on. But it is Friday night. We've all had a long week of work and we've all, uh, as we said, uh, podcasted earlier on this week. But very happy, uh, many happy returns. That's, that's the word I'm looking much. for. Uh, I know a, a lot of our fellow defenders got in contact with us to say happy birthday to you. So uh, thanks to all of them, uh, of course. And yes. uh, if any of our fellow troopers want to get in contact with Chris and wish him happy birthday, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and say hi. Uh, you can also share your thoughts on any of the episodes of The Bad Batch over there as well. Yeah. You can also head on over to facebook.com slash group slash tvpodcastindustries where you can leave all your thoughts for each individual episode or just say happy birthday. Exactly. Start every message with happy birthday, Chris. Yeah. Only this week. Because like... In two months' time, <laughs> that's just going to be weird. Exactly. Happy birthday, Grace! You what don't I thought like about the, queen. the end of <laughs> I have a year-long jubilee. <laughs> we might wait till you're a little bit older for that one, Chris. But yes, for the rest of the month of June, uh, you can send your messages to Chris for his birthday. Uh, let's get into our discussion about the bad batch, guys. If that's cool, no, no. Anything else you want to talk about before we go into our discussion about the Bad Batch then? No, I'm surprisingly um, enthused to discuss this episode. Have you been surprisingly enthused? We we got you on board this show a few weeks ago, but I know this episode was the episode that we were all waiting for. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, This one was written by Christian Taylor. He gets all the best jobs at the Bad Batch. He was the one that uh, introduced Fennec Shand uh, to this show in episode four and obviously gets to introduce another major character uh, in this episode as well. Uh, The episode was directed by Stuart Lee. Uh, This is the fourth episode of the Bad Batch that he's directed. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Having turned down Captain Rex's offer to join the Growing Rebellion, the Bad Batch remains on the salvaged planet of Bracca. 
While Wrecker teaches Omega the ways of bomb disposal, the poverty-stricken former Republic soldiers see an opportunity to get some much-needed funds by salvaging intel, weapons, and technology from a downed Venator-class ship. But they are not alone. The Scavenger Guild are watching the team and have reported their position to the Empire. At the orders of Vice Admiral Rampart, former Bad Batch member Crosshair takes his team of clone troopers and conscripts to Bracca to retrieve or eliminate his former friends. Meanwhile, the Keminoan cloners want their valuable property back. With highly skilled bounty hunter Fennec Shand unsuccessful, they turn to the best in the business, Cad Bane. As Crosshair's team converges on Hunter, Tech, Wrecker, Echo and Omega, the team use all their skills to escape, injuring Crosshair in the process. But when Hunter and Omega arrive at their ship, the Havoc Marauder, Cad Bane is waiting for them. Hunter enters a standoff with the Bounty Hunter but is unable to beat Bane's quick trigger finger and he kidnaps the highly prized Omega. The rest of the Bad Batch arrive in the hangar, revive the stunned Hunter and leave Bracca under a hail of blaster bolts to find and rescue Amiga. Excellent. So kind of a big convergence of all the storylines, really, that we've seen so far. We've had lots of kind of mentions of the people who are chasing down the Bad Batch after they've been uh, on the run from the Empire. We have the Empire converging on them. We have the uh, Bounty Hunter uh, converging on them in this episode. So lots of interesting stuff in packed into this kind of 22 or 23 minutes, yeah? Yes. And I, I have questions. Lots of questions. Okay, cool. <laughs> can I can I kick it off with blast point number one? Absolutely. Who is Cad Bane? Give me the lore. Looks like a cool character. His sidekick, I think I would enjoy in a film. Um, in a Western. I'm expecting him now to turn up in Mandalorian for some reason, just because he would sit very well in Mandalorian, the TV mm-hmm. show. Like that lone wolf and cub Western style. Yeah. And um, walking into a kind of town, most likely Tatooine, because everything happens in Tatooine. Uh-huh. Um, but that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but please, like, I'm assuming previous character from something. Absolutely, yep. Cad Bane um, has been seen in video games. He's been seen in comic books. He uh, is most well-known uh, from his introduction in uh, The Clone Wars. Uh, last episode of Season 1, I think, uh, tw- episode 22 of Season 1, which I think is the last episode. Um, but he is effectively... The Bounty Hunter, okay? So we have Bounty Hunters all throughout the Star Wars universe from, I think the first real introduction that we saw would have been Boba Fett. Um, we saw him with all the other team of Bounty Hunters in Empire Strikes Back. That's kind of the big Bounty Hunter group. Um, so Bounty Hunters have always been around, but Cad Bane would probably be known as the Bounty Hunter because after the death of Jango Fett, he's basically got the title of the best uh, bounty hunter in the galaxy so he commands the highest prices he gets the biggest jobs he's um pretty darn good at what he does he's kind of like i, I that my my joke in the synopsis is that he's effectively like the wolverine of uh of this universe he does exactly what uh he's very good at what he does and what he does is kill um so yeah you don't want to get in a standoff with him um they introduce him in that western way as you as you heard even from the music uh when they do have their introduction to Cad Bane that really does feel like a, a Clint Eastwood kind of moment um he's got his cowboy hat on he's got his uh his guns hanging on the side of his belt he's uh, got an amazingly fast trigger figure uh, to go up against someone like Hunter uh, yeah. the way he does and take him out you know um but yeah that's kind of the the basic synopsis of him so you, we kind of saw him throughout 
Um, Clone Wars probably probably about ten episodes of Clone Wars. We probably saw. Him, uh, yeah, he's like he he's kind of peppered throughout mm-hmm. uh, Clone Wars. I, I kind of like. Uh, I guess in like in this one, you know, you that so far we've got that roll call of bounty hunter, hunters with Fennec Shand, and now uh, you know Dave Filioni has brought in Cad Bane, uh, someone that he introduced mm-hmm. in Clone Wars. So, um, and in Clone Wars, yeah, he you know he was. Um, it was always that antagonist, uh, but not necessarily one that you, the the Jedi um, could, you know, couldn't deal with. So um, he's kind of been throughout. So it definitely makes sense. I can definitely see why they would bring this creation. I mean, it's just like the design as well. I mean, the blue skin, mm-hmm. the kind of slight sort of mask. Um, along with the red eyes, which is very Grand Admiral Thrawny. Now, Grand Admiral Thrawn's not obviously the same species, I don't think, but he's, it, it's, you know, the blue skin, the red eyes. So there's, there's certainly, um, that sort of visually striking element to him. And then, yeah, like the standoff with Hunter. I really liked uh, how that was done. I have to say, I love when um, John says something on the podcast. Like he's obviously, definitely not the same species. I probably should, and you can hear in his mind. I probably should have looked that up on Google. <laughs> to see if it's the same species or not? No, I don't think he is. No, no I don't think right. he is. Um, uh, Thrawn is more humanoid, um, I guess, in that sense, in the face yeah. compared to to Cad Bane. But once again, played by the same voice actor who voiced him throughout the Clone Wars, Corey Burton, uh, who was uh, who's always provided that voice. I love the voice of Cat Bane. It really has that has that kind of uh, really intimidating quality to it, which I really like. Uh, you mentioned his sidekick, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. the robot. Were you talking about Toto yeah. Three Hundred and Sixty? Uh, is is his sidekick um, who kind of goes up against uh, Omega in here? Yeah, voiced by Seth Green. Um, back again. Say what? Yep. Seth Green, uh, most well known from, uh, from Family Guy, I would say, or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a uh, number of films as well. So, uh, he voices, uh, Toto 360. Toto 360. There you go. Um, I like this. I, I thought it was quite fun. I did expect this, the gentleman, every time the kind of camera panned to him, we go, doo 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 doo. Yeah. Like he walks, basically he just walks into a door, even if it's like an electric door, you just hear, like the old Western. It's like, doo uh, if um, he walked into a door, uh, he probably hurt himself. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole Western thing as well. It's just it harks back to George Lucas's sort of original premise about yeah. cowboys in space. Effectively, you know, this operatic um, space Western. Yes, I yeah, guess. with a samurai kind you know, of edge and, and, to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, there's the samurai, but also the like. You know, he talks about those movies like the westerns and mm-hmm. and the samurai, um, yeah. all coming and playing into it. I mean, the Jedi, absolutely samurai, but that kind of you know the rough town yeah. on the edge scum of the galaxy, like, yeah, and scum and villainy. Yeah. That's very um, much what they've leaned into in, in Mandalorian as well. Mandalorian is absolutely just a western. It's yeah, nice. it's like, the it's the wild west. Well, it's a western lone wolf and cub. It's, yeah, but yeah. that was also a story that was used in westerns as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you for explaining it. I it was it was again another Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I should know this person, but I don't, but it was very the way cuz the way it was basically he was introduced was we need to get the we need to get Omega now. Mhm. 
cool. This, we have a bounty hunter. We have um, Fennec Shand. They don't mention her name, but they say we have one bounty. No, no, no. I don't care who gets it. We just need it done now. Get this other one. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is going to be someone big. And I was kind of hoping, I don't know, like one of the more well-known ones. Well, the well-known ones from the movie, I guess. Yeah, that was kind of where, like, the, you know, the ones on Jabba's palace in, like, say, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was thinking more along those lines, or some of the ones from the Han Solo um, original film, or some of the ones from uh, Rogue One, uh, those types of pre-introduced scum and villainy. Mm-hmm. That being said... The, he is pre-introduced scum and villainy. Yeah. He's yeah. just not in the stuff I've seen. He's not. Yeah. And see, I was about to say, he's not in the mainstream. He is very much in the mainstream. He's in, uh-huh. like, one of the biggest animated shows that has conducted huge amounts of lore. Mm-hmm. I suppose the live action in the one, like, this is where it, it gets difficult very much with this. It's where I trip up sometimes with the mm-hmm. storytelling. Which big no, and excuse me, when I say I trip up, I stumble, I I continue on because it is yeah. great. I it's just a Because huh. I was gonna ask, you know, that the introduction of the character is effectively based on the fact we've seen Fennec Shand in the show. We know she's new to the game but really good. Yeah. And we have the Kaminoans admitting this time they're the ones that, that uh hired her to do the work, which we didn't really know. It was a little bit shady, we guessed it, but we didn't really know. But they're saying they hired her. We've seen her work, we've seen how good she is, and now they're saying, now we just pull out all the stops and get the best. Omega back, effectively. So by that introduction, do you think that's enough in there? Whether you knew Cad Bane or not before, but by that introduction, do you think that's enough to go, here's a guy that you haven't met before? Um, even if you'd never seen any of the episodes before, do you think it's enough for them to have done that to set up how big a guy he's going to be? I suppose. No. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at this as kind of like some like they they if they wanted it to that level, it should have been an explanation shovel to the face, okay. kind of like we need to get the best of the best kind of thing. They didn't go that far. They just said we need to get this done. And so it was kind of like. Oh, okay. I just assumed they were going to get Fennec Shand and someone else. Like, it was going to be her and a little sidekick. Okay. That was where my head was going. Not. Okay. But then when they introduced, when they introduced, when they showed Cad, I was like, okay, I'm getting that this was someone because it was just the way it was framed and shown. It was like, the way, even the way they framed him in the mm-hmm. initial introduction, it's like, not Dirty Harry, uh, like The Unforgiven mm. uh, in, with um, Clint Eastwood. It was the silhouette with the, the brimmed cap, and it was hats off to the director. It was the the, the, the storyboard shot, the, anima- the, the animated shot of yeah. that just looked badass. And that's what I mean. Like, I, I would have thought that would be enough for someone who hadn't seen Cad Bane before, so it's, it's interesting that you say it wasn't, because I, I just felt the actual introduction to him. You could easily just pick him up from this moment onwards and, and, and say, this guy's a badass because he's just taken out an entire group of clone troopers who were protecting the, uh, the, the Marauder before the bad bats get back. This guy's pretty badass. Then he goes up against Hunter, takes out Hunter and takes Amigo away. Something the Fennec Shan couldn't do either. So, uh, all those pieces together, I would have thought would have been probably enough to introduce this guy, whether you knew him or not, but it's a shame that you're looking at him going, 
oh, well, he must be someone important from a previous show. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> your, your, the, the way I took your question was, did I, when I first saw him, did I assume he was a badass? Mm-hmm. No. By the end of this episode, yeah, and then I'm like, okay, this is the, this guy now is yeah. the best. Like, cause as you said, he took out everyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and if it, and it was literally just his, his, the only injury was the bot's thruster. And that was it. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. John, anything else on Cad Bane that you want to uh, share in this one? Uh, well, I, no, I just, I just, Loved that he was there. I loved the standoff between him and Hunter. Mm-hmm. Just the nice little touches of showing the kind of finger twitching as they kind of move closer to sort of drawing. Um, and I mean, just then, I guess it was more to do with the fact that I, I, I guess a bit to, to, to Chris's point, I guess we'll find out more in the future episodes. So I guess for people that know Cad Bane, it's like, it's Cad Bane. We know him. Yeah. For people that this is their first introduction, it's, well, he's just taken out Hunter, who's shown himself to be pretty effective, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to chase him now. There's going to be, you know, whether we see him with Omega or whether it's, you know, the the, the hunt um, to find and rescue Omega, then Cad Bane's going to be there. Yeah. Um, Unless he gets them to the Kiminoans, um, before, uh, in which case I guess he can just sort of simply dissolve away. But I guess that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Who yeah. knows? But I, yeah, I, I thought, um, I thought Cad Bane and Toto were really, <laughs> really good. And I think, yeah. um, I like the, like Toto had his moment even with his foot blasted off um by sort of disarming Omega. Mm-hmm. I think for me though, the one of the best parts of this whole thing was seeing the first person, you know, Hunter's visor view. Um as the rest of the Bad Batch arrive, he's obviously injured on the ground. Yeah. As all the other clone troopers from Crosshairs um mission team come to try and prevent them from leaving in the Havoc Marauder. So like that was just that was great, great uh, bit of um sort of just those shots and and that scene um as they they get him into the Havoc Marauder. Really good. It's a great way to show the disorientation. Like again, you were talking a kids show here, you know, but they've done this stuff in big blockbuster war movies like Platoon and like Saving Private Ryan, where you're right there in the center with the uh, with the person that's coming back with the the soldier effectively. And this is something that feels like it's of that ilk. It's of it's of that idea where you're going. He's just woken up and there's gunfire going off all around him. The team around him are firing back. He can't possibly because he's completely disorientated. You know, I think it just worked really well for that scene. It was really, really cool. Uh, I will say one final thing for me on, on Cad Bane. As usual, you know, we always find there's a, a, a niche of every type of fandom that doesn't, that, that looks for the negative in things. Um, the negative Cad Bane, the, the, the people that don't like Cad Bane, what they don't like about him is he has zero backstory. He is simply the bounty hunter that gets the job done. So, uh, so when you ask for a bit of backstory, Chris, that's kind of the challenge with the character of Cad Bane. He doesn't really have one. He just appeared fully formed, like the way we saw uh, Boba Fett when we were kids. Yeah. He just appeared fully performed, badass, could take on the biggest characters in the show and in the movies at the time. Cad Bane's the same. He was able to take on 
the clone troopers he was able to take on uh, some of the jedi as well so uh, so he's a badass with no back no backstory the man with no name would be the clint eastwood character effectively so yeah, it's kind of a bit, almost a bit like Unforgiven. Um, the also Clint like Eastwood, yeah. 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 Um, I, I like the little dialogue as well, just quickly, just to finish off uh, this blaster point between Cad Bane, where he says, you know, once you've, once you've gotten one clone trooper, once you've taken them out, the rest are pretty easy. They're mm-hmm. all, you know, they're pretty predictable. Um, and I loved Hunter's response with, um, you're in for a surprise, you know, <laughs> with, with, with him. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, he wasn't quick enough on the draw, but yeah, um, I'm glad that he is alive. And I must say, I did know that it was going to be the stun, uh, blaster shot that came out of Cad Bane's, uh, sidearm when he, uh, knocked out Amiga. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But she is now gone. She's lost to the bad batch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for now. Getting to how she got into that situation, Blaster Point 2, uh, with Crosshair's mission. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, an unhappy reunion ultimately, uh, about to take place, uh, with Crosshair, um, getting the mission to, to go after his former team, mm-hmm. um, squad number 99, you know, and, uh, this, yeah, this was really interesting because, I did think because they had gotten their implants out, mm-hmm. I thought that this was simply going to be a situation where, you know, they outwitted the, the team, managed to subdue, knock out Crosshair, yep. and possibly do the same procedure on Crosshair. Uh, and in the end, um, that wasn't the case. Crosshair was being given the order to basically eliminate them yeah Um, yeah. that was his order and he was happy with that and you know his first few words uh between him and hunter and the the rest of the bad batch Mm -hmm. are your traitors yeah um so it's totally uh crosshairs sort of souped up implant has really just almost made him forget about the good times, the camaraderie of his time in the Bad Batch. I mean, you always get the sense he was a bit more of the outsider Mm -hmm. anyway. So it makes sense that he's in this position for sure. But we even saw a record last week when when the chip overtook him. He was instantly ready to kill everybody, all of the rest of the team around him. And then Omega, when she started to help them, she was seen as someone supporting the traitors. So she was also a target. So, uh, So that's how... Crosshair's mind's working, but yes, 100% I thought the whole setup here is they're getting him to the planet where they're able to remove his chip. Right, they're going to take out his team, stick him in that machine, take out his chip, and then we'll have Crosshair back or something of that of that type. But very much there was kind of just a little bit of a conversation, a little bit of a nod to the fact that they they know how to do this now effectively, but uh, that they know how to, to, that everybody's controlled with chips and they know how to take them out. Uh, there was a little nod to it, but... Um, but unfortunately, yeah, that didn't that didn't happen. It turned into a much more much bigger battle, I think, than I was expecting. Yeah, definitely huge. Um, I do not think Crosshair will come back and now. No, no. <laughs> I, I was kind of with you. Like my expectations, I'm I'm quite glad my expectations have been subverted. Mm-hmm. Um, that they would it would be that they knock him out and 
take out the chip and then he'd be part of the bad batch. The bad batch is back together to get Omega for the second half. Yeah. Um, and now I don't actually know because I'm starting to, like, he got badly burned. Um, and I'm starting somewhat curious. Is he someone else in, is he a different character? Does Crosshair go on to be a different character that we know under a mask or something like that? Maybe. Yeah. Like he's a, like he's another bounty hunter, but just, <laughs> Now fully masked all the time because his wounds are so bad from the 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 kind of because he he was well, he wasn't that bad I suppose but anyway yeah I think there's just that moment that we see him um, wrapped in bandages bandages with that awesome I love Star Wars for their breathers just this uh, that makes the additional noise that makes him sound so much more villainous because he's yeah. wearing the breather like kind of like Darth Vader will say or some some of the other villainous characters with the breather on his face as he's Barking orders. I love that little moment that's in there. It's only in there for a second. So I'm not saying he's turning into Darth Vader or anything like that. No. But, uh, but I do like that little moment. Yeah. No, 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 exactly. That was where my brain went. Yeah. It, it was that kind of like, oh, he's badly burned and has a breather on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's going to, maybe he becomes, he now has to put a an altered version of his bad batch mask on and now he's something else maybe maybe I, I will say the second time i watched the episode i noticed that the uh the bandages that were on his head um that i thought were wrapped around his head like a mummy it was actually because his hair is gray uh, so and so the bandages are matching into his hair a little bit too much and uh, oh. so he's not completely wrapped he just has a few bandages on but it looks like he's he's wrapped much heavier because he's got gray hair so uh, well, that uh, makes more that sense was all. <laughs> okay thank uh, you I, I didn't i didn't get my second watch today <laughs> Yeah, Crosshair was, like, massively injured there. Um, I think even his leg was braced up as well. Um, But going into Blaster Point 3, that segue is, you know, he was told to eliminate them. He was certainly, you know, in the um, artillery section of that Venator-class starship. He was going to kill them. And then, effectively, these guys that he has gone on missions with... He was effectively going to barbecue them mm-hmm. in the ion chamber of the engine, the starship's engine. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I quite like the fact that, you know, coming to Blaster Point 3 with the, the Battle of Bracca in this Venator class ship, mm. um, you know, he kind of, in a sense, got his, his just deserves really in some respects. <laughs> well, but, I mean, but it, yeah. that was kind of like, that was like your sunbed uh, appointment had gone terribly wrong. <laughs> but I loved how the Bad Batch used their ingenuity to escape from it. I mean, you know, totally nuts, totally would have died, but it's an animation and it's just like, it was fantastic with the charges and just the whole spectacle of this engine firing up and them getting out of it. And certainly because Crosser all the way through is anticipating their moves. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and this is one that he certainly didn't expect. Otherwise, he, he would never have asked the person to turn on the engine. Yeah. Um, it's kind of. They must have done the the choke or something like that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like the Millennium Falcon, if it didn't quite fire up. Mm -hmm. But But I think that's the kind of fun part about this is that Crosshair, the villain of the episode, effectively has uh, his plan has backfired directly on him, causing him direct injury he's the one that turned on the engine he happened to be sticking his face into it when uh, when it went off and uh, and gets burnt out of it so uh, that's kind of the fun part but you're right the the ingenuity of the team is 
really on show here in this episode with with the Bad Batch. You know, what they're known for is that they don't tend to follow orders, they don't tend to follow plans the way other people do. Crosshair being their proper nemesis is he knows how they work on plans and he's able to tell in advance what they would do in these situations. So you hear him saying to them that, uh, I knew you were going to tap, tap into my, uh, to, to our communications. So, uh, I was given false directions basically to, to lead you to a certain place. So he knows exactly where they're going. So they pivot again. The team pivot again. Hunter decides that they'll, uh, they'll shoot the cannon that's yeah, located yeah. in the central room, which blows out the floor beneath them, dropping them down into the lower levels into a new area, which is something that Crosshair didn't expect them to do because it puts them all in massive danger. They don't really know what the kickbacks are going to do, but it's better to possibly die in one of their plans than be caught by the Empire, basically. Yeah, so. I thought that was great as well. Mm-hmm. I, I just loved that idea that you just just fire one of the big iron cannons uh, because the whole Hulk is so rusted that, you know, mm-hmm. it's just going to, there's going to be this huge kickback. Um, so that was, I, I must say, I really liked that. I thought yeah. the whole battle uh, and how it was shot uh, was really good and how they were moving through the, the dark corridors. Man, um, the show is so dark. Every week they put out about 20 images for, <laughs> uh, for the show, 20 promotional images for the show on, on the Disney website that I used for our, uh, for our episode images. And I'm, I, I struggle every week to find more than one image that I, that you can see. Uh, when it's when it's put into a photograph because they are so dark um, as always corridors always lighting i want to know why they used it why they did it this way it looks cool when you're watching the full show like but a still image from the episode it's very hard to make out the characters because everything's so dark i think it's because the whole it's just the setting war, war is hell everything's dark and then it's yeah the mega theme scenes are a bit more bright but like, even them, it's probably just because she has blonde hair that she stands out in, in, the, <laughs> scenes, in the scenes that she has. But I, I wonder if they've got the technology right for the torches, because they, I noticed in these scenes where they where the team have torches that are that they're showing around the corridors that they look really good. They look really yeah. realistic. They're pl- picking up uh, flecks of dust in the air and stuff like that. They're really really cool. So I wonder yeah. if it's a bit of that technological te- technologically uh, they've advanced a bit further on in animation. Maybe yeah, uh, it does look cool. On screen in, in 4K, but uh, doesn't look great in, uh, in flat images of the episodes. <laughs> and very difficult for me to get my images every week. <laughs> the other notable kind of thing was that kind of proto flame trooper as oh, yes. well. Yeah. That, um, that was nicely done. And yeah. even Wrecker's takeout as well, I you know, um, because as one of the great things about it is, you know, got all this action, really tense, you know, the introduction of Crosshair. The, 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 it just adds a different dimension to the episode because he is one of them, but he is no longer. They want to protect him, but he's wanting to kill them. Will he check? Like, there's so many different things mm-hmm. that just really adds to the sort of complexity of their interaction. Um, but I, I, I do like that they, they keep the little comedic moments. And I think Wrecker's takeout of that, so, um, it was a stormtrooper with a flamethrower, basically, but like, it was, this, a, the, it was a clone trooper with a flamethrower. Yeah, this yeah. proto flametrooper, um, being taken out by Wrecker's effectively love torpedo, really. Well, um, yeah. Because I, guess you could call it that. <laughs> I, I have to say, I loved the whole Wrecker falling in love with this ion torpedo, mm-hmm. uh, with Amiga, where, no, this is mine. You yeah. know, and he, he's hugging it. He's protecting it from her. Yeah. And there's the, the little smooch to the head. 
as well. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, I thought that was just a nice little comedy touch yeah, as well. And so he had to, you know, he had to lose the the love of his life. But does he lose it? He, he throws it at the trooper and just knocks it out and goes, knew that would work. <laughs> I thought he went over and picked it up again, but there's no way he could have crawled through the spaces that they were crawling. No, I think he just it, had yeah. the case because when they're sliding through the iron uh, engine chamber, mm-hmm. there's that, that drop down. And they're all using the slide, and yeah. he's like grabbing tightly onto the case as it slides <laughs> down, uh, sort of head first. So, uh, again, I thought that was a nice little moment as That's well. Wrecker's, Wrecker's sort of fear of heights coming in again. Absolutely. Yep. Again, this episode was quite brutal, though. Um, the two, oh, yeah. uh, the two troopers that were chucked. thrown <laughs> to chucked to their death, and. I didn't mind. I was. It was more the death rattle scream as they went off. <laughs> well, I was like, "Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly." As as you pointed out, John, as well. It's you know, Wrecker looks over the edge and goes, "Wow, that's a huge drop outside." And then later on, he's throwing, he's throwing the troopers <laughs> Dude, off the side. Yeah. So you know, it's not like a short fall. For no, them. they're dead. And, but you yeah. hear him go. <laughs> I know. And one of the scavenger guilds, when they take out the, the, the speeder that they're yeah. sort of looking at him, the guy just goes straight over the, 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 the bars and down some massive yeah. ravine. He goes over the handlebars, skids across the ground and then falls into the ravine. <laughs> so it's a definite, you're gone. Yeah. They're, they're... And then the, the, the ceiling falling, the ceiling beam cuts one of them in half. Mm. Like he's it like it hits him on the base of the back, and I was like, "Oh, no, Banta tank is gonna help with that, like no. at all. Like, how do we repair that? We don't. Yep, you're put down like a dog. That is this show. Uh, yes, that is this show. Uh, anything else on the Battle of Braca itself, uh, Chris? Anything? No, really. Uh, I, I, I overall enjoyed it. I just hit into a wall with the the cons bit where. Crosshair knew that I knew you were going to be listening to us, so I knew you were going to be listening, so I gave false directions. But it, like, then they knew they were going to be getting false directions. Then he knew that they were going to be false directions to the false direct. Okay, yeah. sure, yeah, uh, it all it makes logical sense. I was just like, could have just been quicker to go the other way. Oh no! Overall, enjoyed it. Uh, violent, uh, fun. Um, the the explosion of the ion engine and the casing around it was just as you said the the this my first introduction to the bad batch and more and more you are seeing they they uh, thrive in ambiguity um and they, they so they 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 go off the beaten path and their plans are always slightly different but they work with yeah. an edge of danger as i say i think this was my realization that they're willing to die at the hands of one of their own plans as long as somebody else hasn't killed them and they haven't been caught. That's what it feels like now. It's like, we'll either escape or we'll die. That's that's our two options here. Uh, either one is fine. <laughs> um, I don't really have any additional notes about the episode. Just one thing I wanted to call out was just Wrecker again. Uh, another funny moment from Wrecker, uh, which I thought, was, I thought speaks to his character quite a lot. We saw earlier on in the season him not really knowing what hand signals are. He's definitely not one that 
really cares about plans at all uh, because he calls it out to Hunter when they're in the direst, the most dire of situations. He, Wrecker calls out to Hunter, use plan seven. And Hunter goes, plan seven has absolutely nothing to do with this situation. <laughs> uh, Wrecker's kind of going, well, you just make up a plan then. He was, he, he had no idea what plan seven was. Obviously, uh, was just guessing that that might help uh, by shouting out a word and a number, um, which I just thought was funny. I do want to know what plan seven is though. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably something that is own, that only works on uh, on sand planets or ice planets or something. We need to keep our ear holes uh, out, you know, listen out for uh, when Hunter actually says Plan Seven to the rest of them. Yeah, yes. Because what was it? Yeah. It's going to be like underwater swimming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, now I get it. Why? Definitely absolutely wouldn't nothing to do. With. <laughs> definitely wouldn't work. Yeah, the only note I've got is kind of the stuff that happens before Crosshair's introduction and the the big battle scenes in, in the starship. It, it's more just seeing the the Bad Batch here scavenging mm-hmm. uh, for parts, for weapons, and um, for tech so that they can raise tons of money so they can almost buy themselves out of um, being sort of linked and indentured to to Sid, yeah. uh, which I thought was really good. And I really like as well that um, there, there was a conversation uh, as they're clearing out the, the the starship echo is questioning hunter about the choices that ha- they've made what they're doing and who they are you know who are we if we're not soldiers and it just kind of linked really nicely you know to when hunter was absolutely adamant right at the end that we have to go rescue her mm-hmm. um in in terms of uh, omega as well so it is that it's just that nice little subtle touch of you know members of the bad batch because Echo's been quite close with with Omega, yeah. uh, like Wrecker, he's been teaching her and all that. But he he's like going, you know, is this really what we're about? We could have been with Rex, uh, um, involved with the rebellion, the the sort of that that beginnings of the rebellion, yeah, um. And with Hunter saying, but Rex is on his soldier's path. And it's like, well, aren't we soldiers? So um, that was quite interesting. It was was really, that was really kind of a nice little bit just about those dynamics within Bad Batch because they're not going to touch on them, but it's the idea just that not everyone, you know, they will follow Hunter. They respect him. They trust him. They'll take his command because he's led them for so long, but they can question him and ask him, are we making the right choices? And I just wonder whether that will play into just him being absolutely straight off the bat, we have to go and get Omega. There's nothing like, well, she's she's off our hands now. We we, we can be soldiers again. I mean, I know that's not going to happen, but will there be a little bit of tension there about, you know, why are we doing this? Well, I suppose the interesting thing with Star Wars is that the Rebellion is a whole community of people. It's not just fighters on the ground. It's a whole community of people. We've seen it already with Sograra's people. There's There were women and children and, and older people all there as well. So when the Bad Bats realize they can actually bring along Omega and put her with them, potentially they will join the Rebellion in future. Maybe that is the plan. Because right now, again, the option here was go and get loads and loads of scrap 
make her give her give ourselves enough money because right now they are completely broke. So they haven't even changed clothes since they left uh, the, clone, <laughs> the clone army. Like they still have Ooh-wee. absolutely, they still have their uniforms which they're wearing uh, wearing constantly still. Um, so yeah, they probably do need at least some money to get a change of clothes. But they didn't succeed in their mission here. They didn't get the scrap they were trying to get. So uh, so once again, probably they're now on the mission to go and get Amiga. Will they go back to Sid? Will they have to do something else to get? the stuff up to go after uh, Amiga, maybe, or will they call in Rex to help them out? I wonder uh, if the Havoc Marauder has a laundry on board. I hope it does. <laughs> I really <laughs> hope it does. But they tended to go back to Camino after their missions, so yeah. uh, I don't know whether yeah. the Havoc Marauder was supposed to be used for as long as they And back to Sid since, you yeah, know? Exactly. exactly. Um, uh, anything else about the episode that we want to talk about? No. No, I actually nothing. want to hear what your overall thoughts are. Yeah, well, let's start with you, Chris. Uh, what did you think of uh, of the Bad Batch episode eight reunion? Uh, it was a joyous reunion. Um, yeah, no, overall, I really enjoyed it. I, I think they didn't do what I expected them to do once again. Yeah. In that I, the, we had talked about, I think all of us had expected that Crosshair would rejoin um, and kind of, especially after the last episode where they now had, they had the technology to, uh, they had the technology to fix them. They had the, the money. They could do it, but they didn't. Uh, they are making Crosshair the villain or a villain. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, I think that is my expectation was with Omega gone, Crosshair would go in. And the bad batch would be back together and they would have to try and take her back. That is no longer the case. Um, and that I'm interested to see where it goes mm-hmm. and how they, they play the storyline. We're at the halfway point and it, it has been an interesting first half. Absolutely. Set him up, knock yeah. him down. It is a game of two halves, as That's some it. of the soccer fans will say. Some of those sporty ball people would say. Yes. How about yourself, John? What do you think overall? Uh, love this episode. It's my favourite so far. And I think um, I'd give it five amorous torpedoes out of five. <laughs> I like that. Um, I think... Uh, I, yeah, I, I just really liked it. Visually amazing with the first person element from Hunter. Mm. Um, the, just the iron engine, them walking through it, it firing up. And um, it, the, the, the fact that Crosshair's redemption is not here. Um, and in fact, in some ways he gets what he deserves yep. by, um, effectively being absolutely committed to eliminating his former team and indeed, you know, um, suntanning them to death in the iron engine. So, um, I really just liked all of this. It had peril, danger, great action, uh, great sequences uh, of direction and the animation. Um, you've now got them chasing down one of, you know, at least from the Clone Wars, one of the really cool bounty hunters mm-hmm. um cad bane uh, so there's going to be more of him hopefully um he's hopefully he's not going to just simply drop omega off at camino and then that's it we don't see him um, so just... this was really really good and you know it, even just that the the little conversations between echo and hunter at the start again just keeping the, these you know these little themes running around that you know their soldiers being asked to be um, effectively a family looking after a, a child. Yeah. So, uh, I, I thought this was just really 
strong. And I'm so glad that that strength that Filoni has brought to Clone Wars and to Rebels were, um, he just builds and layers it really nicely and it's come together here, but it, there's still, it's still unexpected. So, so much more. You yeah, know, as, well. as I say, I was convinced Crosser was going to have the implant out by the end of the episode mm-hmm. in some way. Not that it was this game of cat and mouse through a Venter class starship. So this was really good. Yeah. This Very was cool. excellent. So five amorous torpedoes out of five. Mm-hmm. Just keep it this level. Keep it the perfect uh, level for the rest of the season. We'll love it. We'll love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, overall, same same as you guys. Really enjoyed this episode. This is a, a top episode. And uh, yes, uh, I was... Uh, giggling on the couch, uh, enjoying the moments as uh, as Cad Bane arrived uh, from that moment onwards. Loved the re- loved the episode, and then that was just a nice little cherry on top uh, to close out the episode. Uh, let's get on to some feedback from our wonderful uh, fellow troopers. Uh, first up, over on Twitter, Matt Murdock, uh, whose musical concepts on Twitter says, "More Bane, please." <laughs> we wish we could grant your uh, your wish there, Matt. Uh, hopefully, uh, we will see more of Cad Bane in the future. I saw this comment uh, and I've seen it before I watched this episode. Oh, right. Um, and I was like, wait. <laughs> Batman? Batman? <laughs> I was like, I don't, did someone get their back broken? Or it's just kind of, is it like the Dark Knight Rises? Like, oh, yes, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> like, I was like, okay. Uh, but yeah, yes, more, more. More Bane. Excellent. Excellent. In all aspects. Thanks so much, Matt. Uh, over on the Books of Faces, yes, Facebook, uh, we had some feedback from Dan Lee who had this to say. This was the best episode yet, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Getting serious Anakin to Darth Vader vibes from the injured crosshair. And that bounty hunter is cooler than the other side of the pillow. <laughs> that, I like that one. Yeah, that is a great saying. That is one of my favorite phrases. Actually, Prince had a song called uh, Cooler Than the Other Side of the Pillow. So uh, that's another reason why I love that phrase. Uh, excellent, Dad. Yeah, totally agree with you. This is definitely best episode yet. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dan. Totally agree with you um, around um, the the vibes coming from the from Crosshair uh, and, mm-hmm. and that ventilator. Whether it's, I don't think he's going to go full on helmet, but certainly um, maybe it's his own journey to his dark place. Mm-hmm. Also, over on Facebook, Doctor Bob Phillips says someone really needs to send Wrecker on a parenting course. <laughs> Just because the bomb isn't a real one does not make it okay. Really enjoys this with proper peril and unexpected mid-season twist and no redemption for the sniper yet. Yet thanks, Dr. Bob. Um, certainly, I, I'm the same with you. I, I really like the fact that um, Crosser kind of moved or seemed to move further away from um, his former comrades. Yeah. Um, no and, here. you know, no redemption at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess his presence just really helped with the peril the tension around what might happen to yeah. to the bad batch for sure yeah i love i also love that scene of the uh the bomb uh the bomb disarmament with uh with 
uh, Wrecker and Omega, and she thinks it's an actual bomb that's going to go off. And it, this is just humor for Wrecker. Of course, I'm not going to use a real bomb. I'm going to use a smoke bomb. Uh, still not a good idea. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Bob. Uh, thanks, Dan, as well. And, uh, and thanks to Matt for your thoughts. Uh, if you want to send us any thoughts about, uh, about the Bad Batch or any of the shows we cover, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, or you can pop over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. We have a spoiler post up for every show we're covering and leave your thoughts in there for anything you'd like to talk about. Yes, and do let us know. Now we're at the halfway point. What have you been thoughts of the first half of this season? Mm-hmm. Is it living up to your expectations? Is it surpassing them? Is it in the grey area of the force? Is it not light, not dark, but just somewhere in between? Isn't that basically where we got to at the end of The Last Jedi? And I was a bit murky on it myself, but that's roughly the balance between the light and dark side is the, yes. the grey bit in there. Yes, send us it your thoughts. It is the cooler side of the pillow. There you go. There you go. Was that with Sweet Zombie Palpatine? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Hopefully, we'll get more explanation with all this, uh, all these shows that are taking place before those movies uh, that will help to um, sort out the narrative. Let's say in those final three movies. Uh, thanks so much. We'll be back next time with our chat about Star Wars: The Bad Batch, Episode Nine. Uh, make sure you're following us for our thoughts about Loki. You can get that over on our main feed on TV Podcast Industries. Just search any good or evil podcast catcher, and you'll find us there. Yes, thank you so much once again. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. And thank you for all the ones that have yet to come. You guys are amazing. Don't forget, you can head on over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries where you can support us for any dollar dollar or intergalactic credit units you want, preferably more. If you want to do a one-off donation, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI where you can buy our illustrious editor, Derek, a coffee. Because that helps them keep them going into wee, 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 wee hours of the night. Because sometimes we too can have a bad batch of editing and things just disappear. Yep. Technical snafus do happen. Yep. Literally, that just happened this week with Loki. uh, So our apologies. Uh, But it's it's fine. The episode sounds fine in the end. So uh, it's all good. And I think uh, coffee helped me through that. And actually a glass or two of wine. Yes. Yeah, so thanks so much, fellow troopers, for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure, as always, discussing all things Star Wars uh, with you. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep trooping. Bye. 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 Bye.